Hello and welcome to Blaze Pod. It is Monday, the second of November. My name is Ben. I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How's things going, pal? I'm not bad, mate. How about you? Not too bad at all, thank you. I've just had a coffee, so uh, nice, yeah. nice and perked up. Um, so last week, uh, after the Liverpool defeat, uh, I said we, we were upbeat in defeat, but um, this week, uh, yeah, not so good. This week, feeling something that rhymes with City, I think, <laughs> after after City, which we won't say on here. But um, yeah, uh, where to start? I mean, Cal Walker, I've, I never liked him anyway, to be honest. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Rocks up and, and wangs in a thirty-yarder against us. Um, he did celebrate. Give, give him, give him credit. I, I, I really do like Carl Walker. I was thinking about this actually. Is is Carl Walker our best? Uh, the best player our academy has produced in the last what 30, 40 years? Someone, someone of uh, older vintage can maybe correct me there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's him or, him or Maguire. I think they're the only realistic candidates, aren't they? It's between him, Maguire, and Jagielka, I reckon. Oh, sorry, I forgot about Jags, yeah. Yeah, but of course, Jagielka, yeah. I think, he, I think Walker has achieved more, certainly. Obviously. Oh, he certainly has, yeah. I well, think, yeah, in years, in 20 years' time, I think Kyle Walker will be more remembered than Jagielka by the neutrals. Mm, I feel like he's been better for England as well. Mm. He certainly um, was a pretty key player. Well, he's, been fir- he's been first choice in a number of tournaments, and... I think Jack Elko was first choice in the World Cup that year where uh, we didn't win a game actually. And Brazil, uh, is it? Yeah, I think I think that was the the one where he that he was the start there with Kale. I think mm. Cal, what, is this his third? I think he's had three tournaments at least two. I mean they've not been great. <laughs> yeah, semi final. It was yeah we played that back three didn't we, in twenty eighteen. I forgot about the semi final. Sorry, I'm thinking of the the one under Hodgson and um, has he been to another one as well? Mm, not sure. He was fantastic, actually, in that. It, the uh, Euros under Hodgson, he was probably England's best player. Mm, not Eric Dyer, as, uh, as I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I guess Maguire might go on. I feel like Maguire's under the microscope a bit too much at the moment um, mm. for his on and off field activities. Maybe in. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch that game yesterday, but I, I heard it weren't great again from. Yeah, maybe in uh, maybe in five or six years, Maguire is, uh, takes that number one. But I would say, from my position, Walker is certainly. Gone on to have the best career out of anyone that uh, United Academy has produced in the, well, certainly in the whole time I've been alive for sure. So, yeah. um, anyway, he, Carl Walker, comes back to Bromley, scores the decisive goal. I think this is his first ever Premier League goal away from home. So, you know. Well, takes, really? Yeah, and obviously is uh, not really away from home. Um, no. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to talk very, very briefly about um, no crowd at Bromley Lane. Um, oh, damn, horrible. <laughs> it uh, really is. It's getting worse and worse every week for me. It is. I I ran past uh, ran past the lane uh, about ninety minutes before kickoff actually, um, and it, it just I just thought like the weather was absolutely disgusting on uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> Anyone who was outside like I was, uh, just have a word with yourself. I think because that was a, just a terrible decision. But it did make me think like if if we were going to the match and the weather's like this, like the crowd are going to be bang up for it because it's like yeah. you know here come these uh these man city glory boys and it's a foul day in sheffield and everyone's yeah, gonna be yeah. right up for it and i just i just thought like the difference a crowd would have made to the experience of watching that game like not yeah. even not even doing the kind of um or oh, if there'd been a crowd there it might have been different kind of thing i think we'd just have felt different watching it because it was yeah. a game where very very little happened when Man City were comfortably the best team and had all the chances and we did, you know, next to nothing. But I just think, like, 
all those times we had the ball in like dangerous areas or you know someone puts a tackle in or whatever we'd have been so into it and like getting excited at you know yeah. Berger and Bulldog playing a one-two down the wing but ultimately coming to nothing we'd have been really up for it but I, I think it were awful watching because yeah it, it was sort of it, like you say we didn't really create anything we'll come on to the game obviously but it, it, it were a poor game to watch from our point of view I felt really deflated what felt almost helpless watching it and, it, and mm. I know you can't do much at a match in terms, of you can't go on the pitch and you know take Kyle Walker and bang it in the top corner, <laughs> but you, you can influence to a certain degree in terms of just sort of your vocal dissatisfaction, shall we say? In certain, certain, like get it in, you know what I mean. You can let your frustrations out and 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 get behind them and encourage people to do things. And I just, you just sit. I really, I think helplessness is the best way to sort of describe what our feel at the moment. Well, just particularly our own games, because yeah. I didn't go to any away games last season because I didn't have enough loyalty points. So I can't say oh, I'm missing the away games. The away games to me are not that hard to watch, really. They just feel like I normally did. I used to watch it on a stream anyway, to be honest. So yeah. the home games are horrible, absolutely horrible. Seeing that empty stadium, and as you say, we played poorly, but it's 1-0 with 15 minutes to go. You imagine that with a crowd. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, the thing is, football can be quite boring a lot of the time. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're in a crowd, you you know... This you... is amplifying it so badly. And I do worry that... I mean, I, I, I imagine we'll all go back when, whenever it's safe to do so or whatever. But it, it is sort of magnifying sort of what makes football fantastic. And 70% of it's the, the fans. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly a good chunk. And, yeah, ultimately... You know that this game against Man City, um, I just yeah again felt like well that's two hours of my life I'm not getting back. Like it, it was yeah. it was pretty boring to watch to be honest. And it, you know, I, I feel quite um, ungrateful. Is that the right word for saying that? Because mm. I mean, I think if you told me that we'd lose by a single goal to Liverpool and Man City, I probably would have grudgingly taken that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's just it's just hard to watch when we don't ever score a goal or look this like is the scoring. thing as well I, I, I do think the fans is a huge thing not being there but I would like to know what it because when we beat Chelsea 3-0 for instance which is amazingly our last league win which just seems years ago now <laughs> um, it, I wasn't I had a different sort of disappointment then I was sort of disappointed that I wish I were there cheering mm. them on they deserve my applause but it was definitely a different experience I'd love to know what it's like for say a Southampton fan now yeah, this is yeah. like obviously got to a fantastic start to the season or Leeds or whatever. There must be obviously tinges of disappointment that you're not seeing your team play this fantastic football. Southampton banging four in yesterday, whatever. But at the same time, it must be a lot a lot easier to watch than it is watching United at the moment. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, I just uh, you know I just went I went back and checked the um, the stats from the last time we played Man City um, <laughs> last season, where obviously there was a crowd. Basically the same game. We lost. Yeah, lost one nil. We had a third of the possession. We had four shots uh, last season. We had two shots this season. One on target last season. Zero on target this season. So like, just on the stats, it was kind of the same game. But obviously, I came out of that one being like, good effort. You know, we, yeah. we kept it tight against Man City. We never really looked like scoring. I think there was like that one moment where Musa sort of got the ball in the box and kind of backheeled it towards yeah. goal. But ultimately, it was a fairly comfortable win for Man City. I, this is interesting. You should say this because I, I, I have, I've just wrote the same down here, and I just like, <laughs> I, I've written down that would we have come out of that match as bad as it seemed? If if the last season's game would have watched that on TV and uh, watched this one live, would we have had sort of differing views of of the two performances? Because I was exactly the same as you. I came out of that City game saying, yeah, you know. It, 
disappointing we lost. Maybe could have done a bit more in terms of creating and stuff. But yeah, happy with that. Fair, you can't can't complain. Like you said, it, I don't know if there was that much difference between this performance and the and that performance. Possibly not. Now, what there was a big difference between is our performance against Liverpool last week and yes. uh, and yet on Saturday. And I don't know. I'm a, I'm pretty confused by that. I, um, you know, I, I get I, it's sort of Wilder's interview afterwards. It was like almost in the same breath. I was like, I agree with that, but I don't agree with what you just said there. And what I did agree with is him pulling up the lack of quality and the sort of poor decision making. But also, where he says about. Um, you know, not opening up against Man City. Well, you know, how can we... We, we did open up against Liverpool. We you know, mm. we created quite a lot against them. Whilst you know, we, we weren't ridiculously open, but we certainly were more confident in the way that we played and the way that we committed yeah. men forward and stuff. And I don't know, this was this was sloppy, lack of confidence and just... Confidence is huge. I, we looked petrified at times, I felt, to, to attack just because I thought that we were worried so much about what they could do on the break. And as you say, that's understandable with it being City. But as you say again, we did it against Liverpool. We, yeah. we didn't, certainly weren't afraid to attack last week. I don't get that at all. I mean, I, the one thing I do get is like a lack of... Con- you know, if, if the ceiling for this team is to be a mid-table team, they're going to have some games where they just don't turn up. Like, that's just... Yeah. I mean, it happened last season... Even if we turn out to be good this season, it'll happen this season. And maybe this is one of those games where just everything, you know, all the players were just off it, basically. But, yeah, yeah, I I mean, you know, being afraid of Man City's attack, the attack they put out is not the attack we faced against Liverpool, I don't think. You know, as good as, obviously, Sterling and Mares are, you know, Ferran Torres is a pretty new player in this league. It's, you know, Mm. they've got De Bruyne and stuff like that. It's a great attack, don't get me wrong, but it's... I would say it's not as good as Liverpool or, or a, no, a, at best it's on a par with. So I didn't get that. And, you know, when I mentioned that, um, you know, losing by one goal to City and Liverpool is not such a big deal. But the problem is a lot of other teams are taking points off the big hitters this season. Yeah. West you know, Ham got a point last week against Man City. Yeah, and uh, City obviously drew with Leeds and lost at home to um, to Leicester. Uh, mm. Liverpool have uh, you know got got tanked by um, Villa, obviously, or famously, yeah. I suppose, and I think they've drawn a game here or there as well. Um, Drew Everton and someone else, I think they dropped points again. Yeah, yeah. I think the pro- what what really that that first half would would arguably the most difficult to watch this season. I thought because we're not a long ball team, or we're certainly not good at playing long ball. But I thought we were playing long ball to be honest in that first half. I think we were just aim for McBurney see if you can flick it on the goal kicks were quite embarrassing I felt you know where everyone sort of going to that one end of the pitch and yeah. just hoofing it up and trying to win the challenges we create I, I hated that set up whether that's Wilder or whether that's sort of just the players lack of confidence and just getting it forward I did not like that we did alright in the last 10 minutes of the half to be fair where we, we sort of put a few moves together and got a couple of corners but that first half an hour I, I was really disappointed with the set up and how we played I know it's Man City but we, do you know what we played like? And I hate saying this. Is when Wednesday played them last season, Man City. Do you remember that game? I didn't watch it, but uh, they got yeah. hammered, and I was laughing at them, saying, "You know, saying, oh, look at these idiots. You know, they're just packing the defense out. They're just booting it up. They've got no job. We did that for me in the in the first half. Yeah, and I, I struggle to think that's a deliberate ploy. Like the I way, hope not, because the, I, I just I think more a Wilder than to set up like that. Well, I just think it, you know, it was so obviously not working. Basically, as soon, yeah. as, as, soon as Man City said to Rodri, you just challenged McBurney for all these headers, that was, you know, that was the end of his That's influence it. on yeah. the game um, for the rest of the game, to be honest. Um, and yeah, just... We got, uh, I thought we got battered in that first half. Maybe not for shots and stuff, but yeah. 
in terms of the all-round play, we could have easily. We could have been. I think three 0 would have been about right at half time. Yeah, I think our only shot was that sort of run and shot from Berger, where it. I mean, it barely left his foot, did it? In terms of just <laughs> no, getting yeah. blocked immediately. Um, yeah, they they had some good opportunities. A um, couple of sort of uh, well, well um, Ramsdale saved that kind of close range header from uh, Torres, didn't he? And there was a long range shot from Rodri, I think, which he parried yeah. away. Um, Torres also had that one from the cutback, which I, I'm not mm-hmm. actually sure was going in, but ends up hitting Ramsdale sort of around yeah. the post with the whole goal to aim at. But yeah, they did take the lead from uh, about 30 yards, as I said, where um, Walker just fizzed in this shot into the corner. Um, I, I've I've checked out a little bit from Twitter while certainly while the games are going on because. Good idea. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I would never look at my phone during a match when I was there. So yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not missing anything that, uh, you know, was part of last season for me. But uh, yeah, you, you informed me there's some criticism of Ramsdale for this one. Which yeah, I, mean, I, I sort of look, I, I do have a quick look and stuff when there's a lull in the game. I, I suppose it's the, for me, looking at the phone and stuff like that is almost like sort of compensating for not being there. In difference yeah. in the sense that, I'm seeing what other people, are, how they're seeing it, whereas I'm not just, you know, if I'm at a match, you can hear people shouting, what's she doing? You think, what's yeah, that yeah. about? It sort of like makes up for that to a certain degree. But yeah, and I was really surprised. You were, I think you were trending at one point. And it weren't just United fans. There were a lot of neutral fans saying, oh, another howler from Ramsdale. I, I need to see this back. And I have seen it back. And I I think it's a good save if you say I don't think it's an unstoppable shot. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think if he saves it, you're not saying... How the hell has he saved that? But if he saves it, it's a fantastic save. It's just one of those sort of shots that, I don't know, 60, 70% of the time goes in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I, I just thought goal as soon as he hit it. Like, it, it just, yeah. you know, and not in a, oh, our keeper never saves anything. I just thought it's in the corner of the net. I think, you know, some, I think if you're going to make any criticism, it is, it's that he's in a good position to save it. Like, he's sort of over on that side of the goal and he kind of takes. It sort of starts to move his body a little bit the other way, like does this kind of hop on the spot, and that yeah. I think loses a bit of momentum of his dive. But uh, I mean, we're just we're like proper under the microscope criticism here. I think for that one, I, I don't. Yeah, again, I, I don't know. Maybe some people listen to me talk about Ramsdale and think like I'm reluctant to like, drill too deeply into his performance yeah. or something. But I just. I just think if you see that goal in any other game, you're just like, yeah, good goal. You know, I don't think you, I don't think you blink at the goalkeeper. My mate had a foreign stream flying around. He said, and he couldn't understand what they were saying. But he said all the way through the second half, they were sort of, uh, sorry, at half time, they were showing you different angles of the goal and then sort of closing in on Ramsdale as if they were blaming him. And he was as surprised as I was. <laughs> he said, "Hang on, do they think he should have saved that?" And I said, "Well, looking at Twitter, yeah, it seems like a lot of people do, but." <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was confused by that. Um, I did. Actually, I looked into some of Ramsdale's numbers. Actually, just quickly talk about this. Um, obviously, when we signed him, we said this last season. Uh, sorry, when we said this when he signed, his his numbers last season basically were sort of right around an average Premier League goalkeeper. Yeah, he's basically the same this season. He I think he's an average Premier League goalkeeper. I don't think that's 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 good. <laughs> yeah, the the kind of. And, and this is why I'm reluctant to be too critical of him is because our defence has regressed so much in the mm. space of yeah. you know the break between seasons. Obviously, there's reasons for that with um, O'Connell's injury and you know so, sort of figuring things out in front of O'Connell. So if you think about it, last season Norwood's such a big part of our defence, you know, yeah. being that sort yeah. of shielding player in front. So Ramsdale's basically he's left one defence that faces a ton of shots and joined another, <laughs> um, which is very unfortunate. He's uh, 
So he's right now he's facing uh, 5.6 shots on target per game. Last season we faced 3.7. So it's that's a big change in terms of shots on target. Um, mm. I will also say we have only conceded three goals more than we did at this stage last season. It just yeah. feels massively worse because we're not scoring any at all. Um, yeah, Ramsdale actually ranks eighth in the whole Premier League out of all keepers on the uh, the post shot expected goal stat, which is basically the the quality of on target shots that he faces. He ranks eighth in the whole Premier League. Um, mm. A lot of that is down to the fact that almost every other goalkeeper is underperforming their uh, post-shot XG so far. So they'll probably bounce back. I'd say he'd probably slide down those rankings a little bit. I actually bit, but... think he's looking more confident, Ramsdale. Mm. So I think he's coming. Some people like to go, you know, when he came rushing out of his area and he could have been chipped and stuff yeah. like that. He's a young goalkeeper. I'd, I'd quite like that sort of... Uh, it's sort of authority and that sort of confidence to come out and Neuer does it, don't I? I mean, I, I, full enough on Twitter as well, he did get compared to Neuer a couple of times as well <laughs> in, in a positive sense from fans in the second half because of his uh, sort of, he does try to come out and, and dominate the ball, I think, like in terms of crosses and stuff like that. I'm all right with him. I think he'll make mistakes this season and he'll get hammered because he's not Henderson, but I think, that, you know, He's absolutely he's the least of our worries at the moment. Yeah, I think that's that's what you said there right at the end. That's that's probably the main thing, isn't it? It's, he's not the reason we only have one point from uh, from no. seven games. He's 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 what we signed. He's a, he's a league average goalkeeper at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's just everything else around him is not set up for success. The amount yeah. of shots we are facing is is quite worrying, um, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I think uh, no team in the league. Has faced as many shots on target as we have. I, I, might be being harsh here as well, but I don't know if on that goal, if we could have closed Walker. Stevens is just sort of stood. I don't know if you've seen this sort of like on the Someone replay. Char- is it Osborne charges at him? Yeah, yeah, yeah Osborne like sort of, char- but he's got so much time. He's like sort of at the edge of the area. Like, yeah, I'll go there. And like Stevens is just sort of stood, marking nobody. And I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Obviously, he might be told to keep his position, but I'm thinking, charge out, man! <laughs> you've yeah. got two of you charging down at him. Then, but yeah. Kevin De Bruyne keeps up his record of either scoring or assisting every single goal Man City have scored against. Hate the guy, no, he's brilliant. <laughs> to be honest, this is the thing as well. This is what we're most and Wilder did say this after as well, pretty much uh, in not so many words. I don't think City were great for their standards. No, not really. I mean, they definitely had more chances, didn't they? Um, as in, they had uh, more chances to score goals. They were better than us, but yeah. I think by their standards, if they're on fire, they could get five or six in that match. Yeah, and I don't know if you. Uh, it's it's such a difficult game to talk about this. I think you could. I almost just want to write it off as like you know we didn't. Man City are much better than us. We barely created a chance. We lost one mm. nil. It's disappointing. It was boring. But at the end of the day, it's Man City. I think they will win the Premier League this season, and mm. they're certainly going to be in the top two. But yeah, at the same time, it's like well, look, we kept it to a single goal, as you said, going into that last fifteen minutes. We gave ourselves a chance to get something from the game in terms of. Like the, the the management of the game, the strategy, but then we just did nothing at all. Even when we had yeah. a period of um, you know of, of threat, I would say. You know, I think we, we had about ten fifteen minute period in that second half where you thought, right, we're building a little bit here. Yeah, and it just fizzled out with one shot basically. Yeah, and no, I don't. Uh, well, that was the Lundstrom shot, wasn't yeah. it? That was our only actual shot, I would say, of, of any well, there was that one where it hit the City player and Edison makes his only save of the game. Yeah, that was probably our, the closest we came to scoring, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this this was frustrating to watch. Um, so they obviously had two-thirds of possession, but um, we weren't far behind them in terms of final third passes. Mm. I, I sent you the pass map last night, oh, didn't it's, it? It's, it's horrible to see that pass map. <laughs> it's just... It's just a like a, a a tangle on either corner of the box, and then absolutely nothing centrally or in the box. I mean, we just there was it was just like directionless build up, wasn't it? It was just mm. like you know, round and round you go on the on the corner of the penalty area on either side, but absolutely no creation from there or any. I mean, you've got a fantastic stat, aren't you, about Brewster? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll drop that in a second, actually, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, just you know, trying to watching kind of uh, Baldock and, and particularly Osborne, who I, I, I get starting him in this game. I think this is these mm. are the games that we get value out of him. But I'd have started him. I'm not going to criticize Wilder for that. I'd have started him and in midfield as well. Yeah, but watching him, you know, try and try and manufacture something under a bit of pressure mm-hmm. on the wing, it's it's pretty painful to be honest. It is. Yeah, I, thought... it, I said to you, and I, I, this is, I, I hate saying this, and I don't want to knock the guy. So it was fantastic last week, for instance. He's very, very Montgomery in terms of creating. Yeah, uh, limited, I would guess. I would say. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and he is he's our best option there at the moment. I would say, or, you know, yeah. Tim and Lundstrom as, until Fleck comes back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Luke Freeman's not exactly lighting up the championship for Forest, by the way. Yeah. If anyone, uh, wants I to do think it. that's a huge thing. That I, I, I said it pre-season as well so it's not captain hindsight but hmm. i uh, i do think that we should have probably brought a midfielder in uh, i really do i think yeah. last season we relied a lot on sort of lundstrom lundstrom diving into the area and getting his goals and i think it were unrealistic to keep see if he could keep that up anyway let alone with the contract stuff going on yeah. I, I really really felt i mean i don't understand why we were after john swift for so long and then all of a sudden we had nobody yeah the only thing i can think of is we saw that as like such good value that it made sense to do it, mm. even if it was coming as like your third choice or something. But I think it makes a huge difference. Have it. I mean, I don't know how good John Swift is. To be honest, I've not seen much of him. But I think just having a competent sort of even a higher championship level midfielder in that mm. midfield is better than what we've got at the moment in terms of creative, in a creative sense. Yeah, I just you know particularly those those, those passages of play down the right when you know with like fifteen minutes ago or something. I mean. Please just put the cross in, like, but put it in earlier. You know, give yeah. our give our strikers a chance. Although, although when we did cross it, it was really poor all the way through the oh, game. Actually, they did three, didn't they? Which were just appalling in the space yeah. of ten minutes. And you're like, you're our most technically gifted player. I know he that was his poorest game for a while, Berger. Actually, yeah. although he did create our only two opportunities. With I thought second half again, he had about a twenty five minute period. Where we were really good again. I think he looked that like our best player on the pitch again. The bit he, you know, he got sort of bogged down and everything else. So Alan Shearer, I mean, everyone, a lot of people have seen Alan Shearer after the match saying basically get it in box. <laughs> but before match, I, I was walking on from work and I had five live on. They were previewing the game and Shearer said that he doesn't think he'd score in this Sheffield United team. Which I've sold you this, and you said that's a lot of rubbish because he'd get three penalties. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly yeah, that. Yeah, from open play. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't think he'd have scored in this team. And I think it's easy to say that if you listen to that, and I would do it now, I listen to it, you know, oh, shut up, Shearer, what are you on about? Because you defend your team, but mm. he's probably right, you know. Yeah, we, 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 we're not doing... Uh, we're, we're caught between two options here, I suppose, where we're, we're not crossing at good times. And when we do cross, it's it was pretty terrible. Um, against Man City, I mean, yeah, two out of sixteen crosses found a, a blade shirt or head. 
Um, and yeah, I just thought like some of Baldock's uh, inability to get the ball in was really disappointing in that in that yeah, passage he was of play. Really, really I mean, poor in, I mean, in attacking sense. He's going up against. I mean, I was watching some of the the extended highlights again, and you know, he's going up against Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling a lot of the time. I mean. Yeah. You know the, the good players are not exactly prime Ashley Cole in the sort of left wings, but are they? So, <laughs> no. yeah, that was pretty poor. I mean, the Brewster thing, um, yeah, I, I just felt sorry for him to be honest. He he had eighteen touches of the ball, one eight in uh, in ninety minutes of football, which means he touched the ball once every five minutes on average. Um, you, could... I've seen a lot of criticism of Brewster. I think. Kevin Gage is one of them actually on, on Twitter. He was slagging him off. Absolutely unjust. I, I saw. I think it was Tofty Club who put like he were a pointless signing, and I think people have probably missed when you hear that word pointless. It's, I feel like they feel like people are criticising Brewster. I think what they mean by pointless is we're not creating anything. What it's pointless because we could have had anybody up front on that yesterday. Uh, sorry, yeah. on Saturday, and I don't think we score. I think that's what they meant by pointless. Yeah, um, you could listen to the entirety of uh, Nine Inch Nails as head like a hole between each touch that Brewster <laughs> had on Saturday. In fact, oh, I absolutely if, love that. <laughs> in fact, I, I encourage you to do that. That's a good use of your time. Um, I mean, yeah, this is. I mean, you're right. We could have played literally anybody there. I think, and they probably would have been able to had more or less the same effect on yeah. the game unless it was if a. People shouting like I saw like on Twitter, get Billy Sharp on. It's like no, because he's not going to do a single thing while ever we're not creating a single, you know, a chance. Mm. The only person who we could have brought on and might have done something with Burke with his pace, but uh, you know, it, you could have the best finisher of all time in there, prime. I don't know, Jimmy Greaves in the box. <laughs> if you're not giving him the ball, which Brewster didn't get, then forget about it. Yeah, and that was it. Was another frustration that we. Could, I mean, you know, one of the reasons we signed Brewster is is theoretically to be this player that can create a shot for himself, but he, he's not going to do that unless we can get him the ball. And yeah, I think he touched it once in the penalty area, and it might have only been three times in the final third. Yeah, full stop. That's just we we have to use him better. You know, to give he's supposed to be the sort of player that gives us a chance in these games because yeah. he can manufacture something and yeah we just need to try and get the ball I mean same similar story with McBurney in the second half you know he uh, he received six passes in the second half this is it and I've seen criticism of McBurney again on, on the ridiculous Facebook groups and get him out he's not doing it I don't know how you can I, do, you know, do you know what it was pointless playing two strikers I felt they, were just, they yeah. may as well have not had two it's almost like losing two players or at least one player that you could have had el- elsewhere because they were getting no service they were just sort of so far away from the rest of the midfield that I just felt that you were thinking well you know take one of them off put a midfielder on because we're not getting anywhere near him yeah it was uh, it, this is why I felt just a lot of like almost boredom watching the second half yeah. like there's just no way we're going to get back into it so, I mean the you know the couple of times I mentioned where Berger did Get uh, get into the box on the right hand side, like kind of through good play by himself. To be honest, just dribbling past someone, I suddenly thought, "Oh my god, we're get, we're going to actually nick a goal that we absolutely do not deserve." Um, and yeah, best chance he gets pulled back to Lundstrom and he uh, he puts it over the bar. He came on with uh, when did he come on with uh, thirty five minutes to go, um, and then the other one was uh, another low cross from Berger, where I did think this was going to be a goal because he just sort of fizzed it across the six yard box and. Uh, one of the defenders for Man City basically 
booted it straight into Edison's hands. When yeah, I, I just yeah. thought, how have you not kicked that in over the back of his head or something? But, <laughs> uh, not to be. And yeah, uh, just again. One we thing I will say about Brewster and McBurney, by the way, in the last two games, but we have to remember that we've been up against Man City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And you're I not going to get many chances in those games, no matter how well you're playing. To be fair, um, but so I, I think it's way sort of too. I, I don't. I'm certainly not going to write Brewster off or anything like that. Really looking forward to seeing how they link up against you know a lesser team such as a West Ham or a West Brom or whatever. Yeah, and I think it's. I think I said this after the Liverpool game. You know, it's 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 likely that Brewster doesn't score in the first his first four appearances because it will have been. Uh, well, he had, uh, what do you have, like 15 minutes against Fulham where he, yeah. he got a whack to the head immediately. Then he'll have played Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, three he's not going to get many chances, is he? Yeah, three teams who will probably finish in the top four, you would think. Um, so, yeah, let's... Uh, definitely some patience needed, but also we have to use those players better. Like, you know, we had opportunities to use those players better with uh, either getting into their feet or through better crossing or, you know, better just better build-up play. And we didn't do it, and that's the frustration for me, I think. Mm. Um, a random uh, segue here, but I really hate the way uh, we approach offsides now in football. Like, please yeah. put your flag up. I just So annoying, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think Ramsdale ends up making another save from... You know, it's clearly offside again. It's just, it's just unnecessary stress, not only on me, but on the on the on the players as well. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and Brewster runs in with that uh, that one on one, and you know, I, I'm just sat there like the flags. You know, they're saying the the flag's not going up, and I'm thinking. If he scores here, I'm not going to celebrate. No, I'm... I didn't. I didn't get up. I did not get up because you you just thought, well, yeah, he's offside. Clearly, just why are they doing it? What well, I don't understand it. It's just uh, it, it's a, um, a side effect of VAR, isn't it? It's all about the implementation of VAR. So, cheers VAR, ruining yeah, that as well. Um, any any thoughts on, uh, on on Max Lowe? Didn't really have. I thought much he, I thought he struggled first half, but so did the rest of the team. I think he showed a yeah. little bit more second half. To be fair to him, not a game that I can judge him on because as an attacking, he's there for an attacking sense, isn't he? I think more than anything mm. else, Max Lowe. Um, and Bogle, if, if we ever see him. <laughs> uh, yeah. And obviously, we did very, very, very little attacking, particularly on the left-hand side. Yeah, that's I said true, to you, actually. didn't I, halfway through the game, that is Basham our most creative player at the moment. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, know, I mean, it probably is Berger, but yeah. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it, really? That's just not... This is the thing for me, I think... The thing is, we don't have players who can get us out of this rut that we're in with individual skill or a bit of brilliance. Mm. It's all about the system and the management. The, the, out of every team in the league, there's only Burnley, I think, who are like that. With you know, similar to us in that it's all about how how they get points up in terms of uh, it's the the manager's tactics or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse mm. me. And I think that that's the difficult thing. We, we're not. I think even Fulham can rely on a, on a player to have a little bit of individual brilliance to, to sort of get him a 1-0 win. Yeah. We can't. So if our sort of players aren't playing together as a as a cohesive unit or or we've got four or five players below a, a 6 out of 10, we've got absolutely no chance of picking any, any points. I think the thing that uh, worries me uh, most, I guess, from goal-scoring point of view, and obviously the fact we only have one non-penalty goal in seven, goal, in seven games is, is very <clears> worrying, <throat> Is that I don't I don't know what we're good at going forward anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And this kind of comes back to what we said after the Arsenal game, where it's like a bit of a loss of identity. Of like, I just don't know what we're trying to 
like what we're trying to achieve when we have the ball. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I think we saw obviously much more positive signs uh, against Liverpool. But, yeah, I, I, you know, even Burnley, their their strength is they have um, Barnes and Wood up top and they're yeah, yeah. massive physical presences and they make good use of that. You know, their whole game plan is geared around that. And I don't know what our game plan is geared around at the moment. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, for, uh, sort of front to back, really, we're still trying to find this identity. And, again, you can definitely say that losing your most dangerous attacker, your best midfielder and your best defender is a massive impact upon yeah. that. But it still doesn't doesn't help, does it? It makes it means the problem is there. And yeah, that's that's what we've got to figure out in the next, uh, whatever, the next six, yeah. seven games. Uh, yeah, on. I think that, that's the worry overall. But we are letting in goals, which we weren't <clears throat> last season. But the main worry is we're just not creating a single thing in most games. And did you say that we've had, what, what's the shot? Uh, oh, good lord! It's uh, so we've had the second fewest shots on target in um, in the whole Premier League. It's uh, it's thirteen shots on target in seven games, and three of those are penalties. So, ten shots on target in seven games. So, basically, when we watch United, we get to enjoy one or two shots on target a game, which is like, yay! <laughs> this yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it exciting. feels like that as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, and yeah, the more games we play, and uh, it's. This is again, you know, obviously Liverpool and Man City. I will say we've we have only played two teams outside the top ten as it currently yeah, stands, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, Leeds are one of them. They're twelfth, and they would go joint third, I think, with a win tonight. So, yeah. um, but I think the worry is is that we saw against Fulham that it's not just going to be a case of oh, when the rubbish teams turn up, we'll we'll just hammer them. Yeah, I think that's the worry. I think that second half against Fulham is still the most worrying performance uh, yeah. of the season so far. I would say so. Um, you mentioned him earlier, but uh, not putting Burke on was slightly surprising. In a, <clears throat> in a time where we were just crying out for anything different, I thought you know, just as you said, it was it was almost pointless having those two forwards on the pitch. Yeah, well, I, I was really baffled why we, we only make two subs. Come. By the way, no, we did make three subs. Um, Norwood came on for Ampadu. Norwood, of course, and uh, yeah, McGoldrick yeah. comes on for Low with uh, about ten minutes left. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have changed things, but that's it. That was one of those where it's like, can we, let's just try something different. You know, who knows? But it, it didn't feel like the game was exactly flowing in our direction at that no. point. So, that I'm going to say one. it. I'm going to say it, and people are not going to be happy. But in that ten minute spell, you're crying out for someone like a Duffy, aren't you? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, it's just. Hard, hard players to not acquire. Not Duffy and... now, not the Fleetwood version of Duffy. <laughs> hard players to acquire, and uh, yeah. we have resisted acquiring one for a little mm. while, it seems. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a bit of a limiting factor at the moment, for sure. Um, anything else you want to say about the Man City game? Any any individuals? I think Ramsdale was man of the match. I think Berger had a decent second half. I thought Egan were all right. Got caught a couple of times with Man City. He's not going to fault him for that. Yeah. Struggling after that, to be honest, for any sort of real positives. Yeah, not a not a game. You know, I think last week we said pretty much every player, uh, you know, really performed, put their hands up, and uh, got got involved. I mean, I think uh, when McBurney flattened Diaz after about thirty yeah, seconds, like, come on, exactly that. <laughs> I thought this is you know similar to Baldock tang- tangling with Wijnaldum last week. I was like, that's a you know we're here to compete. Yeah, and then we didn't. 
for the whole game pretty much and yeah, it was really, really disappointing to watch. I know it's uh, and people will say well what you what, what can you hope for and all this sort of stuff but I just think that it wasn't anything like what you expect from United and I think mm. it's easy to say I'd rather go for it and lose 4-0 but I, and I understand you know we, we don't want to lose confidence in terms of getting battered so it's understandable we're going to be a bit more cautious but Oh, just give us something, really. Yeah, that's it. That's it, exactly. We're looking for a sign, aren't we? We saw it a bit against uh, Liverpool last week, but it just feels, uh, you know, even when you're going up against one of the best couple of teams in the country and you know, one of the probably the five best teams in Europe or something like that, yeah. you just you just want to see, like, see what the plan is and see how we're going to try and execute on it. And it's just, I just didn't feel like I saw anything like that on Saturday. And it's a, yeah, a game to move on from, I suppose. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Let's, let's take a very quick break. And then um, I want to talk about John Lundstrom briefly, uh, give out our alternative man of the match, and uh, also who won the week in the Premier League. So we'll have a very quick break. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, I just want to quickly talk about um, these uh, an interesting development in the Lundstrom contract situation, which was... Uh, while they're very publicly discussing the latest, I suppose, which is that um, Lundstrom has uh, declined to sign the contract that was offered to him uh, and that we would be happy to let him go in January, essentially, if uh, if yeah. the right offer comes in. Obviously, it's, uh, it's contracted to the end of the season, so he'll leave on a free transfer at that point. Um, interesting decision to, to air this publicly, I thought. What did you make of yeah. it? I thought there were a couple of really interesting... Ma- Someone asked me on Twitter saying, what do you think of the Lundstrom situation when it first came out? This was before I heard Wilder's interview. Mm. And I uh, and I put by... I think it's just, you know, business as usual. You know, he's we all know he's probably going to leave and blah, blah, blah. When I heard Wilder's interview, I was like, hmm, that is interesting. Because he basically said... I don't know if you heard the quote where he said, will he be putting the full effort in? I don't know if many players would if they know they're going to leave. And I was like, that's an interesting thing to say. <laughs> Mm, I didn't hear that actually. Yeah, um, he said like, "Will he be making that final like lung busting challenge when he's running back?" He said, "I don't know if I would if I knew I were leaving." That is interesting. I wasn't very aware interesting. Of that. And I thought mm, that's it. And then he also said he were the contract would have made him the fourth or fifth highest player at the club, which I think would have been a bad move anyway, to be honest. But 
That is, I mean, that is hugely surprising to me. Mm. Um, and that really, I don't know, that's that's like uh, shaking up the whole picture, I think. Uh, yeah. Especially when you consider, you know, with the amount of money that we've spent in the last, what, 15 months or something like that, there will be some players on fairly large amounts of money, I think. And yeah, I mean, even, you know, even for putting aside actual figures for a while, I, I completely agree. I don't think Lundstrom should be paid anywhere near the sort of top four or five earners. Before all this happened, I thought Lundstrom was someone we should have improved on anyway. Mm. Uh, To make him the fourth or fifth, you know, most expensive player, highest paid player, suggests that we saw him as a, you know, one of the most important players at the club, which I I just don't see personally. Yeah, I'm... uh... It, it's just, I mean, that just really makes the situation strange on all sides, to be honest. If if that's true, and, you know, there's no reason to uh, imagine that Wilder would lie publicly about that, and I imagine we would hear about it if it was not yeah, true, yeah, yeah. then it's bizarre for Lundstrom not to take that offer, uh, and it's bizarre that we would have made him that offer. So that's really just a very strange thing. I mean, it, you know, it's interesting what you said about the um, that quote there about, like, putting the effort in and stuff, because... Uh, Wilder did also say um, Lundstrom's still, you know, available for selection, and of course is uh, is still in the squad um, for this mm-hmm. game. He ends up uh, being the first substitution that we made after 55 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I saw the sort of, I, I kind of saw the takes uh, when the you know post this press conference mm. that was like, right, that's it. I don't want him anywhere near the team. You yeah. know, yeah. he's not going to try. I don't want to be here. Blah 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 blah. That's that's you know Wilder will will basically um, uh, what's the word uh, exile him if yeah. you like. Yeah. I saw Jay actually uh, tweet uh, Blaze Analytics saying um, he thought he were going to not play, um, and he's obviously he's he's in the know to some degree in terms of football and stuff. I think we're all yeah. It's a it's a bizarre one. Just reading now because I'm trying to find the actual quote and I can't find it. But what he said. But um, I've just seen Rio Ferdinand has backed John Lundstrom and says Sheffield United need to raise the wage bill. Not for John Lundstrom. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I hope you've. Uh, I hope you haven't just like started a new rumor here by making up. No, I, I've definitely seen it. I've definitely seen this sort of. <laughs> Carry on, and I'll. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I, I believe you. Don't worry. Um, what was going to say about? Oh yeah. So I, I, I kind of kept my powder dry a little bit there with the uh, instant reactions because I was thinking, I reckon he'll still be in. I, I thought he actually would start in this game. Um, I thought it would be the same team as um, as started against Liverpool, but obviously with the low coming through the um, coming through his concussion, he he goes back to left wing back, and that yeah. moved Osborne into midfield. Um, I, I don't think we're going to uh, cut off our nose to spite our face here and, and be leaving Lundstrom out at a time where we need basically all the help we can get. And I still think he's one of our more dangerous players in yeah. terms of getting into the box yeah. and, and getting shots away. I think, he, yeah, he's, he, he still offers us that that no one else really does in the team. So, yeah, it's a it's an odd situation that we've found ourselves in and kind of... I don't know, one more little wrinkle on everything just sort of unravelling a little bit from last season, I think. Yeah, I think I do think a lot has been made of it uh, in terms of, uh, you know, oh, that's Sheffield United falling apart. I think Adrian Durham even did a phone-in on it on TalkSport. <laughs> I don't think it's that big. I think it's just a player who we probably... I don't know, actually. Like you say, the, the, big, the big sort of thing, what's come out, is how we were going to be the fourth or fifth highest player. Just, yeah. That Wilder said as well that... You know, he's he's baffled, isn't he, that he's not taking the contract? Yeah, so it's I don't know. He he, he doesn't um, 
He doesn't mince his words, Wilder, does he? You know, he generally no. uh, speaks very plainly when asked about anything. But this is one that I did kind of, when I saw all these quotes coming out, and, you know, coming out on, like, the official United Twitter as well, so we're very much not uh, not hiding it or anything like that. I was thinking, mm, I kind of, kind of could have used this not coming out, I think, just in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. The, the perception around, uh, my perception of how things are going internally at the club so yeah, yeah yeah an odd one but i do think it, it'll i reckon he'll still continue to be involved they'll probably still start games for his lundstrom yeah um until certainly until fleck comes back anyway i can't um, find that wilder comment and maybe I've, I've dreamt that because i can't find i'm sure i read that that he said that but yeah uh but all, yeah i'm so just don't take that what i've said as, uh, <laughs> as gospel <laughs> we'll uh we'll we'll Maybe I'll like I'll edit it out in a week or something like that. That you ever said it <laughs> yeah. just to upload a new file. Um, all right, uh, let's let's give out our alternative man of the match for this week. And I have a I have a clear winner. Yeah. Um, but I think you have an alternative alternative. So I'll, I will let you go first for this one. Well, I know what you're going to say. I think so. I picked an alternative. A couple of nominations in a thing this week. Shout out to Eggie who gave me a couple of these. But one with Kyle Walker, obviously, for not celebrating Celebrate. and. Talking really well for us, uh, and then the—I don't know who it is at halftime. Is it? I don't know if it is still Gary Sinclair, but playing uh, all the Bond theme tunes at halftime. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did afterwards. Yeah, in, uh, in tribute to the yeah. The so we're uh, yeah, fair play to him, obviously. But I've actually gone for Sheffield United women. Ah, who that's a very good show. Won again. They were top. I think they might be second now. I think because I think the a team above them um, won. But yeah, they're having a fantastic season. So you know, let's take some tips off them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, there were a lot of controversy about them in pre-season as well, weren't there, with the manager leaving and all that sort of stuff. So, mm. you know, fair play to them. doing really well. Yeah, I keep uh, I keep seeing the tweets popping up on my timeline of like, you know, goal for the Blades. I'm just like, yes, at least yeah. at least one of our teams is getting done. I think the development squad is, uh, is, is racking up some wins at the moment as well. But, yeah, good uh, good stuff by the women's team. I think they finished, they finished second or third last season. Yeah, that's right, to, uh, yeah. To yeah. Villa. Um, so yeah, very strong start from them. Just need the the men to follow suit now. I think. Yeah. Um, good nomination. Uh, mine is is the one thing in football that is still consistently bringing me joy. But even by their own standards, I think they've surpassed themselves <laughs> this week. My alternative yeah. man of the match, and not for the first time that they've won this award, but it is Sheffield Wednesday. Just, yeah. I mean, what a week! Absolutely outstanding. So in a week where. <laughs> In a week where we have played uh, Liverpool and Man City, um, we've got the same amount of points as Wednesday, who had three games against Luton, Rotherham and Wickham. Zero points, zero goals, I believe. And just uh, just a delight. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, about the only thing that's made me smile in football for some time is the fact that somehow we're in the start of November, we have one point in the Premier League, and they still haven't caught up to our points total yet, despite having a bit of a cakewalk of a week. And yeah, I mean, what they're coming on for like almost a full calendar year between home wins Mad. now as well, which is remarkable. They're, they're only thing keeping me going at the moment, not in general, not you know, don't, don't call the Samaritans, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing keeping me going in a football sense because you're like oh, another loss for United. Well, hang on, Wednesday's got Wickham, that could be funny. And it was very funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, I haven't really paid, like, I haven't really watched their games or anything like that because I've just been, been like, oh, they're playing Luton today. Well, that's a nice, easy win for them, isn't it? Oh, Luton are winning. Oh, they've managed to lose. That's hilarious. And then I, I actually forgot they were playing on um, 
uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was, and I, mm-hmm. I just sort of. Uh, it was kind of kind of bored. Just brought up my uh, live score app and was like, "Oh, Wednesday playing Rotherham. Oh, Wednesday are three 0 down at half time against Rotherham. Like, what the hell is going on here?" Yeah. And then yeah, the Wickham defeat was pretty bad. So yeah, I mean, just I, I just want to thank them to be honest. I mean, it's, it's it really they is are, the gift. Someone said I think it was Steve Blade on this too. Said they're basically just like as rubbish as us, but on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should be getting a lot of abuse for the st- for our start to the season from yeah. Wednesday fans and. Uh, their own ineptitude means that they don't have a leg to stand on. So that's uh, that's very pleasing. That's, yeah. that's like just a tiny silver lining lurking in the background there. So thank you, Wednesday. We, we I really, really do appreciate everything you're doing for the city at the moment. Um, let's let's finish up, mate, with uh, with who won the week in the Premier League this week. What have uh, what have you got for me? I've gone for Fulham or West Brom because just like us last week, they're probably thinking they're playing tonight, aren't they? Obviously, before. Mm-hmm. People might worry really listening about this match has ended. Whoever wins that game, or if someone wins that game, they're going to be thinking, "Cheers, Sheffield United, Burnley, Brighton." Because <laughs> yeah. everyone's lost again. I find it incredible that we're not bottom of the league. We've gone up a place. We went up a place, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Burnley, what were they lose three 0 or something? We're, we're, we're like one place off relegation at the moment. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, it's wild. And um, you know, Brighton lost again as well, so they're not far away. Man United lost again; they're yeah. not far away. <laughs> yeah, can't get Man United going down. Yeah, I just think from if you're a Fulham fan, you look at these. I mean, you would expect United and Burnley to lose. Don't get me wrong, and even yeah. Brighton with their fixtures. But just like us last week, you'd be thinking, right? Well, that's gone all right, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've got to hope a, a dispiriting draw there would be delightful. No, no draw. Uh, I think the worst case scenario would probably be West Brom winning. To be honest, even though we go down a place if Fulham won, I think that. If you're, does that take them four or five points in front of us? They are two points in front of us at the moment. So yeah, they go five points in front of us. That's what I mean. So I think if anyone's going to win, you won't fall them. But obviously, the draw is the the perfect result. I don't know why. I, I just have a hunch that Fulham are going to win. I just think their individual players will, uh, will yeah, not get them out of relegation trouble. I'm still very convinced that they're going to get relegated. But I would. Uh, it depends I would pick when the, them tonight. When the inevitable sacking of Scott Parker comes, I think. <laughs> Yeah, then maybe it's actually in our interest for them to win tonight and just uh, prolong Parker a little bit longer. Yeah. And uh, hopefully. I'm just they looking don't... at the bottom five now. The form is ridiculous. Like, you've got Brighton lost, lost, drawn, drawn, lost. West Brom lost, drawn, lost, drawn, drawn. Uh, we've lost, lost, drawn, lost, lost. Fulham <laughs> lost, 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 drawn, lost. And Burnley lost, lost, drawn, lost, lost. It's mad. But in, it's the, in what? Five, what? How many games is that? 5, 10, 15, 20. 25 games with the bottom five are played and not one win. How many points between the bottom five? Well, Brighton have got four. Brighton have got five. Five, so it's five plus three is eight, and then uh, three of us on one. Brighton Newcastle, that's their one win. 11 points between out of 25 games for that bottom five. Yikes. Incredible. Yeah, that is that is Being really bad. incredible. And, uh, yeah, probably one of those teams is going to feel better about themselves at uh, eight o'clock tonight, whenever it is when that one finishes. Um, yeah, let's, let's hope for a draw. That would be... Uh, that would be perfect. Um, yeah. My my winner of the week uh, is is Southampton's manager Ralph Hassenhutl. Old Ralphie boy, yeah. Old Ralph, yeah. You could definitely, you know, you could say Southampton, obviously, uh, big winners of the week generally. But I just think Hassenhutl because not only did they win and are doing very well, the fourth in the uh, early Premier League, but. Another defeat for uh, Ole at Man United. Mm. They sat all the way down in fifteenth. 
I think there's more and more genuine conversations about uh, letting him go as a manager, which they absolutely should do and yeah. should have done a long time ago and should never have appointed him in the first place. <laughs> but I'm telling you that Hassan Hootl's stock is at its peak right now. It may go up a little more, but this is the absolute high point of uh, of his stock in England, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think if Manu were to bin Ole right now, He's going to be right in the conversation, I think. It's got to be him and um, Espirito Santo, obviously, from uh, from Wolves. Well, Potch is still flying around, isn't he? That's true. But certainly of, uh, of managers who are in work yeah. in the Premier League. I don't know, understand why Pochettino is still at work. But, um, yeah, Southampton in 2020, so the, the calendar year, only Liverpool, Man City and Arsenal have taken more points. And Arsenal is just by one single point. So he's having a, a hell of a 2020 Um and uh, yeah, they. Uh, the other thing I would say is they, they were a little bit lucky to beat Villa into, or to put four goals past Villa. Anyway, they, yeah, they yeah. had uh, you know pretty minimal chances, three long ranges. So uh, and also um, Ings got injured as well, didn't he? So he's yeah, going to be out for a yeah, little bit. Yeah. So in terms of his stock, uh, his reputation in the English game might take a little bit of a hit in the next few weeks without Ming, uh, without Ings potentially, or without Mings as well. Having to go up against against. A, Play against Mings every week would be nice for him, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would think uh, I would think if Manu are thinking of switching a manager, he's got to be on their shortlist. I would I imagine right now. For making my predictions pre-season not look quite as bad because I did tip him to have a Europa League challenge this season, and mm. all the tips have been absolutely horrendous. So yeah, this uh, it's looking good. Basically, since they lost, uh, I looked this up earlier. Since they lost nine nil to Leicester. I think yeah. they I think they would have finished seventh if the season started after that game last season. And then as I said, in in the year, the calendar year to date, uh, they would be fourth. And they are fourth in uh yes, in the early Premier League table. So yeah, my, my big winner is uh is King Ralph. And uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Manu do uh get rid of Ole, if they if Pochettino's just the man, you know, that's been in the waiting for like two years. Or if they actually it's do. It's absolutely mad that Ole's still there, to be honest. I mean, I know they had a decent run at the end of last season, but even that, towards the end, they start to falter and dream of West Ham and Southampton and what have you. Yeah, they just need to sign more players, apparently. All uh, the players you know at the Another winner of the week, our old friend Steve Bruce, once again. I can't talk about this. <laughs> he literally sent me to sleep this week. I was saying I, I, I was just watching him and I genuinely fell asleep in that first half. <laughs> One of the most boring first halves of football I've ever seen, and that includes us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Everton were doing actually. They what did they, they play like five central midfielders and you know including... no idea what they were thinking. Yeah, five five central midfielders. We're not a single creative midfielder. Well, uh, Fabian Delft played just like I don't know, like trying to I don't know. Bore, can we outball Newcastle? Yeah, no, I say it's like the. Newcastle sort of Jedi mind tricked them into playing like a really weak team that had absolutely no creativity at all. And I'm dreading when we play. If, we, if we're on the same sort of like playing as we are at the moment, imagine what, with the worst game of football I've ever seen us on Newcastle. Aren't we? <laughs> to like just have about six cans of Red Bull, I think, to uh, <laughs> to get us through that one. When do when do we play Newcastle? Oh, I don't, I don't know. It's even even Boris didn't help us out this week by suspending the season, did he? Unbelievable! I, it's hard to talk about him without using a strong word. So let's, <laughs> let's just move on. We don't play Newcastle for ages, actually, not till January. Um, They'll be safe. By. They'll be in Champions League by then. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're probably right, mate. Okay, let's uh, let us leave it there. What have uh, what have you got to plug, and and where is it? The Man City view were actually quite interesting because I don't know if you've read it, but I, wow. haven't, I haven't yet. 
talk about spoil. It's, they're like one of them says that they preferred their team under. Uh, oh, go on. Not Hughes. Uh, Mancini, sorry, uh, man. No, Mancini. no. What Hughes? Oh, Pierce. What? They preferred <laughs> the football under Pierce. It was less boring. Um, they, they're really upset with the team. Really, really upset with the team. Saying they're boring to watch and all this sort of stuff. And it's just like wow. That is stunning. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I, when I was doing it, I was thinking, oh, they're just going to say, oh, these tried to kick us and whatever. They yeah. weren't much of that all. They were just them slagging themselves. There's a lot of people like saying, you know, a win's a win and all this sort of stuff and and, and picking up. You know, someone did have a go at the guy who said it was better under Pierce and stuff. But yeah, a lot of moaning going on from Man City. That's very surprising. Um, I mean, mm. they, you know, they're 10th at the moment, but they've got a game in hand. They win their game, they go second. So they're fine. Yeah. yeah, that's very bizarre, and that you know that was a that was an easy win for them this weekend. It, I feel like they played in first gear for most of it. And could you know on another day some of those chances you know don't just get hit straight at Ramsdale and actually get finished. So yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't mention actually Ramsdale's little uh, great decision on the edge of the area is coming. Uh, did the little diving head of clearance. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Tremendous. I, yeah, I laughed at that. Yeah, one of the few times I raised a smile. <laughs> yeah, one, one keeper to another. Edison with a like ninety yard through ball. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ramsdale takes charge. Yeah, it's good. Good job by him. Where where can people see the the view from Man City? It's view from or follow me at Panchero on Twitter. There we go, mate. So we've got Chelsea next. Um, a team with some vulnerabilities that I think I said a while ago I fancied us to get something out of Arsenal and Chelsea and we uh, yeah, you're we, leaving we it late <laughs> we, we, yeah. now, we never threatened against Arsenal so let's hope for a Liverpool-esque performance uh, at Chelsea definitely have some uh, defensive vulnerabilities although uh, sadly no longer play Kepper I believe I think uh, yeah, is it Mendy yeah. the new keeper is it Mendy in goal I think so yeah he's played. I think he's played the last three uh, last three games so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. If they've still got Zuma in the team, though, then there is hope at least. Um, yeah, I guess that's it, mate. I, I just want to uh, just quickly finish um, with, well, just just to say, you know, football's pretty uh, pretty crap at the moment for United, and obviously this week's not going to uh, it's not going to be great with uh, lockdown coming in. So yeah, just uh, just some final final words along the lines of. Um, you know, I hope everybody out there is uh, looking after themselves, uh, trying to focus on the the small things in life that you can enjoy, and you know, don't try not to worry too much about the stuff you can't control, basically. So, um, yeah, hope everyone's staying uh, safe and healthy out there, and hopefully, the blades will give us a, a win to perk us up in the not too distant future. Um, well let's said. finish them. Thank you very much. Yes, let's. Uh, <laughs> that's, I'm going to take take those words to my own heart. So don't forget uh, to get your toilet roll in as well, because obviously that's <laughs> mega important for some reason. So that. <laughs> absolutely. All right, mate. Thanks as always for your time. Much appreciated, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> 